Hello, my friend. Thank you so much for watching and connecting here with Victory Church. I am Gian, the founding pastor of this wonderful church in Odessa, Texas, and I say hello to you. I hope you're having a good day. We are doing a Bible study based on the letters, the letter from the Apostle Paul to the Romans. Uh, this is episode number five, and we are reading today from the easy to read version, chapter four. I'm going to read with you from verse one through 12, and we are going to reflect on this passage. Feel free to go to our YouTube channel, Vimeo channel, to the Facebook page for Victory Church or to the website vchurch.us if you are interested in hearing and listening and watching the other studies episodes one through four. Okay, so let's read this passage. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So, what can we say about Abraham? the father of our people. What did he learn about faith? If Abraham was made right by the things he did, he had a reason to boast about himself. But God knew different. That's why the scriptures say, Abraham believed God, and because of this, he was accepted as one as who is right with God. Let me pause here. <laughs> you know, it's, it's beautiful when you think about this concept of believing in God and believing God. You know, those are two different things. Most people believe in God. They don't know which God, <laughs> because there are false gods to begin with. And uh, also the, the general idea that there is a God somewhere, right? So most people believe that there is a God somewhere. But one thing is to believe in God. Another thing is to believe God. Believe Him. Believe His Word. Believe His promises. And Abraham experienced that. Have you? Have you, my friend, experienced listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit, the voice of God in your heart? Telling you a promise, perhaps that you will be healed, perhaps that you will be restored, perhaps that you will see your descendants coming into the kingdom of God, perhaps that your life is going to end up right and good and happy. Have you received promises from God directly from the scripture? Because if you have, that is exactly the perfect example about believing in God and believing God. Because believing God is precisely that, that you just treasure that promise and you say, I believe what he says. I believe with all of my heart that he has done something for me. I'll go back to that idea in a minute. But let me go back for one second to this particular statement that actually is a question that Paul says in verse one, what did he learn about faith? That's a question. What do you think Abraham did learn about faith? Many people have, of course, their own view about it. I will share with you that in my view, probably the most important thing that Abraham learned 
about faith was to wait. <laughs> Indeed, to wait. It is funny, don't you think, that people call people that are sick in the hospital patients. And you know that when you are sick, you really are, you are not patient. <laughs> If you don't have something, it's patience. <laughs> But for some reason, they call them patients. I don't know why. But uh, patience actually is a great skill, a great ability. It's a great asset to be patient. Abraham was old when finally he and Sarah, his wife, had a child, Isaac, the one that was promised by God that he will have descendants on earth. Many, he said, the Lord told him that he will have so many descendants that even the stars were comparable to the amount of children, the number of children, descendants he will have. That's a promise. But he was old and he waited patiently. I'll come back to that idea in a minute. Let me continue reading. Verse 4. When people work, their pay is not given to them as a gift. They earn the pay they get. They get. But people cannot do work, do any work that will make them right with God. You see? So they must trust in Him. Then He accepts their faith and makes and that makes them right with Him. He is the one who makes even evil people right. Let me pause one more time here. This is this really powerful because certainly there is nothing that we can do to be right with God. Most of us know that. When we are not close to the Lord, honestly, when we are probably just uh, starting to get familiar with the scripture and we hear about God, if you are at the beginning of your Christian walk or your spiritual walk, you have certain ideas about God and Bible and stuff like that. It probably there is one idea that goes through your mind like it, it did in me and it goes most people. And this idea is, if only I change, I will please God. If only I behave, my life is going to be so different. If only I do this, if only I stop doing that, God will be happy with me. I'd be right with God. Somehow we have this desire, you know? It's like we think that the ball is in our court. There is something that we must do in order to receive the forgiveness of God, receive the acceptance of God. And you know, we don't have to do anything. That is the most amazing thing when you think about the forgiveness of God and His grace. Listen to this part. This is on verse Five, the last part. Listen to this. He is the one who makes even evil people right. Now, 
you and I and probably most people will wonder about that and we will be thinking, are you telling me that those people that are criminals and sick people in their heads and doing horrible things, they are all going to be okay with God? Are you telling me that? That's a thought, huh? Even further, we think, are you telling me that those who have betrayed me, those who have hurt me, those who lied to me, that those who took stuff from me, those who were cheating on me, those who blah, 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 are they going to be right with God just like that? You see, it, it's a real problem for us. And it is because somehow we keep thinking that it's through our behavior that we earn the forgiveness of God. That is, the, the forgiveness of God comes as, as a result of a, some sort of performance, that we do something, that we earn the grace and forgiveness of God. But it's not what the scripture says. And that is highly surprising. Even for believers, because believers, we all say, I know, I'm forgiven by grace. Really? Do you believe that? That you are forgiven by grace? Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm forgiven by grace. I'm forgiven by God. I don't deserve it. So let me ask you this question then. How come you can be forgiven by God, by grace, but not the rest? What is the difference between you and I and everybody else? Now, in terms of uh, the law, in terms of society, community, in terms of our perspective as, as humans, there is a big difference. There are consequences of our actions. It's not that simple just to say, oh yeah, you are forgiven, don't worry about it, don't pay those tickets, you don't... You can live here forever. You don't need to pay rent, stuff like that. It's not that simple, right? From our human viewpoint. But spiritually speaking, my friend, this is a very shocking news. Very shocking statement. It says, He is the one, the Lord God, who makes even evil people right. And how does that happen? <laughs> that, is, that is the part that is so interesting that I want to come back later that I was telling you earlier. But let's continue reading verse 6 forward. David said the same thing when he was talking about the blessing people have when God accepts them as good without looking at what they have done. Verse 7, it is a great blessing when people are forgiven for the wrongs they have done, when their sins are erased. It is a great blessing when the Lord accepts people as if they are without sin. So here's the part that is absolutely shocking of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And it makes the big difference between the true Christians and the rest. And of course, Christians and other belief systems or religions, if you like. 
we know that the Lord Jesus Christ paid the price for our salvation. And there is nothing that we need to do in order to receive His forgiveness. It's something that is given. The Lord God knew it, that no one of us will be able to ever be right with Him on our own. So He needed to pay that price by the sacrificial death of His own Son, Jesus our Lord. Now, in order to receive that forgiveness, the preaching of the gospel is needed. It's needed that somebody, in this instance, myself, as a messenger, as a minister, as a preacher, as a prophet of God for you, you need to hear this, that your sins can be forgiven by faith, by grace. So in order to receive that forgiveness, the preaching of the gospel is needed. Sharing with you that there is hope for your life. That is exactly what happened to me and all the rest of believers in the world, now, past, present, and future. The preaching of the gospel is what brings that opportunity to be saved. While we are preaching, the Word of God is being transformed miraculously into faith that arrives and lands into our hearts. There is when people can say, I like this. Even though I have done many wrong things, can I really be forgiven? And the answer is yes, because we are forgiven by grace. The forgiveness of God is something that we don't need to earn. We don't have to perform, pay any money, or do any rituals. Nothing is given by, by the love of God. The only thing that is required is faith in you. So here's the big question then. So how can I obtain faith? Well, faith comes by hearing the preaching of the word. So the duty of us believers is to share the great news about the mercies of God. And the job of every person in the world is just to listen. To listen that there is hope. Now, if people don't want to hear, if they really don't care about this glorious message of salvation, the free gift of salvation, that is their choice. But I know that in your heart you treasure this message. And you say, there is no other message that I want to hear other than the mercies of God, like Abraham. And then it was with the moment when he was transformed by or from being someone that believed in God to someone that believed God. Do you believe God? Do you believe Him? And again, what is what Abraham did learn? To wait. Waiting patiently for the promises. Because faith will grow in you as you continue reflecting and embracing the message of the gospel and every day coming back to the same point. The place where every believer should go every day by receiving one more time that wonderful reassurance that you are forgiven by faith. 
Receive that reassurance right now, my friend. You are forgiven by faith. Nothing you need to do to be forgiven. Just believe Him. Like David said, do you know that David messed up big time? <laughs> big time. But he experienced that forgiveness. Psalm 51 talks about that. How he was so convicted of his sins. But he received that forgiveness from God like you can do. Now, to continue and close in this study, come with me to this passage from verse 9 through 12. Is this blessing only for those who are circumcised? Jews, in other words. Or it is also for those who are not circumcised, those who are not Jews, Gentiles. We have already said that it is because of Abraham's faith that he was accepted as one who is right with God. So how did this happen? <laughs> did God accept Abraham before or after he was circumcised? God accepted him before his circumcision. Abraham was circumcised later to show that God accepted him. His circumcision was proof that he was right with God through faith before he was circumcised. So Abraham is the father of all those who believe but are not circumcised. They believe and are accepted as people but are not circumcised. And Abraham is also the father of those who have been circumcised, but it is not their circumcision that makes him their father. He is the father only if they live following the faith that our father Abraham had before he was circumcised. The circumcision is something in these days spiritually speaking, that, that we can experience in our hearts when we accept that the Holy Spirit has a plan for our lives. Do you realize that the Holy Spirit wants you to be holy? The Holy Spirit wants you to, to stop doing what is wrong. Change. You know what, what kind of things you are doing that are not right in the eyes of God things that are affecting you spiritually, mentally, in your heart, your health, your finances, your relationship, your work, your family, everything. You must stop doing what is wrong. That work, that conviction, it's a process that the Holy Spirit does in our hearts and it takes time. But I want you to follow this idea, please. When you became holy in your behavior, before you were saved or after? When Abraham was circumcised, before he was right with God or it was after? The same thing applies to our holy life. Our lives that are devoted to God, when we decide to stop doing what is wrong and just doing what is right, living holy lives, that is the result, is the proof that we are saved. In Jesus Christ, we can do that. 
Thank you so much for joining me in this study. I hope to see you next week. Have a great rest of your day.